Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. This is Dr. Janie Lacey, your resident, licensed psychotherapist, psychologist, and I love to help people heal from toxic relationships so that they can thrive in their love life and businesses, and I absolutely loved 
the three C's iffy, that clarity and that communication and being confident because you just do a beautiful job just volleying that ball right over to me when I think about how do or who do I want to help and I look at pivoting that next uh, step and looking at how do I help myself so that I can truly be able to have all the clarity and be able to communicate who I am so that I can also communicate to my customers in a place of confidence because I truly have done the work. So one of the things when I think about that kick, that boost that we truly need to be the person that we want to be to be able to truly help others you know, I always look at the themes that come through the different social media platforms, especially after I speak on different topics. And last week when uh, Glenn Lundy, our, our uh, gracious uh, founder of Breakfast of Champions had interviewed me, there was a theme in some of the comments and um, direct messages I had gotten. So I wanna speak to that this morning before I volley it over to, to Kate Volman. And that was, and that's pretty much how the wounded heart speaks. Right, there's a lot of comments around how do we understand our subconscious to bring that conscious so that we can truly move in a place of our, our authentic self and not from a place of being not from a place of being programmed. And a comment, the dominant comment was those that felt invisible, not only in the workspace, it's just in life. So, you know, when I think about when I grew up, or let's say when you grew up feeling invisible, it's not uncommon for people to feel anxious and unsure of your right to feel and honor your feelings, right? We, are, we hear all these mixed messages, so then we, we don't know exactly where everything fits at in our life. But, you know, it's in fact that for the one who's grown up living in a fear, which I talked about last week, the fear of rejection or persecution and unjustifiable projections, and accepting how one feels, it becomes really foreign to us as an experience as just like walking on the moon. <laughs> and you know, one of the things that I had mentioned briefly is around maternal discord. And I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time talking about that at all because it's a very uh, controversial and deep topic when we didn't necessarily have a loving mother that was able to give us what we needed, especially as women to thrive in this world. Because when we have that, maternal discard in particular, it makes loving and valuing ourselves nearly impossible. So think about this. I'm not asking you to answer these questions, but I want you to think about this. So how can you love yourself when no one has taught you how to love? Or how can you value yourself when you don't even know that, <laughs> that it exists, that you have value in yourself? And I'm talking about from a deep, deep rooted perspective. And how can you regularly, how can you regulate your emotions that you have been conditioned to either deny, doubt, or condemn, and then you just learn to check the boxes and you're programmed? So when we think about this, when we feel loved as a child, it's essential. Just as the, to me, I think of as the rain to the forest. The rain to the forest is essential for all the vegetation, the trees, and all those things to grow. So if we go back to our roots, to feel loved as a child is essential for us to thrive. Because without that rain, a forest will not thrive, and in time, it will wither. So when I think about the many times of people that get stuck in the same cycle over and over and over again, how you do one thing is how you do all things. And you can see that from a sky view in many people's lives. 
But think about it, even though that potential to bloom exists in every cell of every blade of grass and every cell of every tree without the rain, the potential is lost. You're gonna plus apply that to us because love is the hub of all creations and the lack of love is the cause of every form of destruction. So as we think about this as humans, that potential for us to bloom is never lost. This is the hope. So instead it's hidden, right? It's deep within each of us. And when we make attempts to gain love, I'm gonna use the I'm gonna use the term codependent and codependent ways. And when I use the term codependent, I'm just referring to that's a very, very simple dynamic of we become obsessed or focused on other people, other people's behavior. Whereas even we will try to control or change or fix someone else. And this can show up in our romantic relationships, our friendships, our family relationships, our business. And we'll do this to, this is where the, the term codependent comes from. Sometimes we'll hear it in terms of addictions, but it's when you'll betray yourself and your own needs in order to, to, to be chosen, right? So when we bypass our authentic selves, you know, codependency is like running around the mulberry bush. <laughs> you know, we chase after love in maladaptive ways and we're unaware of our hidden potential because we're so focused on outside of us, other people. But at the subconscious level, we believe our right to love the self, meaning the right to love ourself, lies at the feet of other people, right? So think about this. And think, most of the time, we can really look at it from our younger self because there's enough, enough distance between us and, and her or him, is that only when I get in that right relationship or only when I get in that right job or I get the right boss, right, then I'll be, then I'll feel worthy, then I'll feel accepted. We give all of that stuff, we outsource it. But rather, what has to happen is we have to look within. We have to focus on how to become needed enough to find ourselves good enough and to be loved. So, so when I was unaware, you know, when I look at myself of, of, of being codependent, I look at myself as being depressed. I was frustrated. I was sad and I was lonely and I felt horribly, felt horribly lost. And I had no clue that I was running from shame and I was chasing love. Nothing I was doing allowed me to find that sense of enoughness, if I'll use that term. <laughs> I was searching, right? I was caretaking, I was rescuing, I was people pleasing, I was putting other people's needs before my own. Those were those whispers of my wounded heart. So what's your whispers of your wounded heart that you're ignoring? Which is why you get back to the same place and getting stuck in your business and your relationships and your love life, your friendships. Because I know I had no clue I was codependent. <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing. And that was my subconscious belief that was pulling at the strings of my heart that I didn't even know was wounded. And my thoughts didn't permit me to find love within myself. So instead, I had faulty beliefs. So what are your faulty beliefs? And they kept me in this cycle of invisibility, which is what I was talking about when Glenn had interviewed me last week. When we seek outside of ourselves for the love that we should all have, tethered inside of us, inside of me, inside of you. So if you're codependent, thinking about the definition that I use, chances are somewhere in your past, you've been conditioned to believe you need to be what others want you to be in order to feel good enough. Uh-uh, we're gonna break that today. So if your parents, for example, were codependent, I could completely see, if I separate myself from my parents being my parents, I can completely see their codependency and their own dysfunctional dance. We may have been conditioned to believe that enmeshment is normal, no boundaries, 
right? Where if someone else is having a bad day, it should affect you. <laughs> the most simplest form. But if your parents were narcissistic, for example, you may have been programmed to live in fear of losing your parents' love or approval. So think about how that would affect you in your business, in your love life, or in your friendships, or just in relationships in general. Or if you were unable to secure attached to either one of your parents or primary caregiver if you weren't raised by your parents. You can find it difficult to trust that you are worthy of love, which is why people get into this performing and auditioning. And if I perform an audition and I, if I am the person they want me to be, then they'll really love me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> but if you never learn to trust that others had your back under any and all circumstances, it's going to become difficult for you to trust others. So if you have trust issues, usually it's because either you've never learned to trust the right people and you've learned to trust the wrong people and you have yet to heal from that. So healing from codependency is like sticking your head inside the mouth of a hungry lion. Ooh, did that make you get some chills there? <laughs> you have to, my point there is you have to face your fears of abandonment in particular and rejection. Because rejection is I'm worried about what other people think. I'm wondering how I'm going to show up in the world. And you do need to be considerate. Let me kind of, let me kind of give you the, the, the balance there. You have to consider what other people think or you wouldn't be in business. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be selling <laughs> to the right people. But you cannot determine your life by what other people think. So you have to embrace, I call it that aching heart of your inner child, your inner projections and your inner things and things yet to be healed from your past. And we have to embrace that shame that has taken residence, that had taken residence in my heart and my mind, and that may be taking residence in your heart and your mind. And that's the result of potentially feeling unloved. As a child, this is why we have to have that PhD in our own history to understand where we were wounded at so that we also understand where we're healed at. So subconsciously, we're still not stuck in our past and we can allow ourselves to be free because we have to let go of those survival strategies. Because did you know performing and auditioning is a survival strategy? If I bring home all those A's and I get that, you know, good girl from my mom and my dad, they see me when I'm performing and I'm being that good girl. Hey, we have to let go of those survival strategies and we have that we've relied on to avoid the terror that arrives when we tell our truth. Because now we're adults. We have to humble ourselves to accept when we're being controlling as well. Think about this, not about other people. Let's look at us. This is the, the kick in the butt we need. And when we've prosecuted others for not allowing us to become their caretaker, how sick does that sound? But we know it's true. <laughs> when other people do not allow you to help them, how does that make you feel? Right? If you're not walking in consciousness in your authentic self, then you find value in the need to be needed. We have to stop pretending we're okay when we're not okay. And especially when we know others prefer you to pretend to be okay. Right? Usually other people who are invested in our outcome or invested in how we are in our world when we're wearing our mask are the ones that want us to stay to to be false, to walk in our false self. But the great news is that codependency is learned and it can be unlearned. Hundred, hundred, hundred percent. So I'm gonna give you three quick steps and then I wanna hear from you. First step, we hear it all the time, but I really want you to take 
root into your being and how you show up in the world today and every Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Every day, every moment, every interaction. And that's that awareness. It is key when you are looking to heal from codependent beliefs and behaviors. And in the context of looking at our codependent behaviors, meaning we're so focused on other people and other things and what they want us to be, that we abandon ourselves. We have to understand what our early childhood experiences were, as I spoke about in, in my own story of being invisible, not feeling not good enough. And those roots then take place in developing caretaking, rescuing, enabling behaviors. We have to understand our own maladaptive or survival ways in which helped us as young people navigating the world when we didn't have the ability to navigate for ourselves. But it's essential to understand what those things are because that still is in our subconscious and those files of which mostly show up in our closest relationships. The people that really know us, they know that side. But we need to know that side so that we can heal and continue to walk on our healing path. And step two, so step one, awareness. Step two is healing from our faulty beliefs because we have to learn to tell the difference between our codependent thought and a non-codependent thought, which offers our mind as if he was talking about the clarity to identify what you can and cannot control. Codependency is not a thing we do. It is what we are. If that's how was embedded in us and our survival mechanisms as we were growing up as youngsters, as youngsters. And as a way we view the world, ourselves and others. So we have to heal from our faulty beliefs which requires as clear cut solutions as possible. Though first we have to tell our truth to ourself so that we know who we are and those codependent thoughts. And you know, a very simple way, cause some people will ask me, well, what's a simple way that I can tell if I'm having a codependent thought? You know, how much do you give unsolicited advice to other people when they didn't even ask you? <laughs> how many times do you, you know, you're the one that's cold, but you're so quick to give the sweater to someone else metaphorically, right? So it's in some of those behaviors that we can identify in ourselves, right? It's all on a spectrum. But step three, our codependency in our mind's way is our mind's way of adapting to painful and stressful childhood experiences. Think about how you dealt with, again, you were limited in your resources because you were a developing child, but how did you deal with stress? When you were a young person, sometimes in therapy, we'll ask, especially when we're doing um, EMDR, um, eye movement desensitization reprocessing, evidence-based modality that we use to help reprocess people's um, memories or stuck points. But looking back at their people's safe place, like what did you do to feel safe when you were young? Did you go to your room? Did you cover your ears? Did you run outside? Did you turn on music? Right? How did you deal with stress as a youngster, especially if you heard your parents fighting or did you get in the middle? Just think about that. And then tie that to how you show up in stressful situations today. Because feeling unloved causes us to find ways to feel loved. And think about in your dysfunctional relationships, your dysfunctional, I call them uh, lessons. You look back and like, man, why, why was I with that dude? Why was I dealing with that woman? You know, whatever the story is. But fawning, which basically means 
people pleasing. And when we people please, we suppress our needs for the sake of others as a way to gain acceptance and possibly avoid our own pain. Because if you accept me, then I could avoid the pain that I feel unacceptable. You see how that works? To, to ascend from these beliefs, we have to unlearn as well. We can't truly relearn healthier behaviors until we unlearn our unhealthy behaviors so that we know what to replace it with. Because if we want to manifest healthy relationships, for example, I hear that all the time on Clubhouse, Clubhouse, manifest, manifest. But if we want to manifest healthy relationships and heal our relationships, we have, we, we have within ourselves, we have to put our new, new tools to action. And that's where I go back to those three C's that Ify has so eloquently outlined for us. The clarity to be clear on who we are, right? And communicate. We can't communicate who we are unless we know who we are. And the same thing applies as she was talking about with our avatars. And then we walk in her and him confidently. Walk in your unique self confidently. There's going to be no one else in this world like you. That is your unique DNA, your unique imprint. And that what makes you different than all the other people who are doing what you're doing is you. You are that special sauce. So when I was first learning about codependency and my own healing journey and my own walk, you know, my mind felt like it was like being twisted inside and out. <laughs> Part of me even wanted to reject it. You know, I was struggling to understand how my subconscious mind was running my life because I just thought I knew, I just thought I knew myself. <laughs> right. But up until my own awakening, and I'm calling you to continue to awake. We awake every single day, literally, with that alarm clock or however you wake up. We wake up every single day. Metaphorically, we need to do that in our own journeys. We need to wake up every single day. Because up until my own awakening, I was, I was unaware I was unaware. <laughs> I was unaware that I was unaware. So sometimes people will tell me or ask me, well, how do you find out that you're unaware that you're unaware? This is why we do the work. But a quick way is we look at the contradictions of your life. Like, for example, when I work with a lot of people in addictions, I know a common thing sometimes out here is, I love my family. I love my family. I love my family. But then when we really open up the trunk and we open up the hood, how much time do you really spend with your family? Yeah, you could be in the same room, but how many times does your son or your daughter have to call your name before you get out of your subconscious mind or your preoccupied mind or on your phone or all these other things to be like, well, what, what do you want? Right? So if we were looking when no one else was looking, what's the, gonna be the contradictions of your life? And in a safe healing place, right? It's safe to explore that without judging yourself because in order to heal, we have to remove the judgment from ourself. And one of those simple ways, it's a lot comp it's a little bit more complicated than that, but to give you a starting point is where do you contradict yourself in your own life? Because I know I had no clue that how I was feeling as a, as a young mother and a wife was directly linked to my past. I had no idea <laughs> I was codependent and I'm laughing because right now it's clear as day. I was codependent. But when you're in the, when you're in that subconscious unconscious place, right? You just, you just think you've arrived wherever you are until you really awake to that alarm clock goes off and you realize I can't keep doing this anymore. Even if it's the internal feeling as we've watched so many people from a societal standpoint, look so successful as they show up in the world, but secretly, suffering, depression, anxiety, and internal pain, and not enoughnessism, right? That's not even a word, but I'll say it's a word. <laughs> but I had to understand, you know, especially what we call Cartman's uh, triangle, the drama triangle. If you heard me speak, you've heard me speak about that before. 
and that drama triangles, there's three, three positions in our dysfunctional relationships. We have the prosecutor, we have the rescuer, and we have the victim. And sometimes we can play all three of those roles in the same relationship, all right? I'm going to prosecute you. I'm going to be the one that hurts you. And then I'm going to be the one that rescues you. And then I'm also going to be the victim. <laughs> I'm laughing, but if you really look d deeply, we've all been in that place until you really awake and realize those things don't serve us and who we are meant to be anymore. When we think about this, because I know for me, I had to find and place, I had placed my happiness at the feet of other people, whether it's in relationships, whether it was my family, whether it was jobs, performing and auditioning, because I thought it was normal. And this is where we have to get into the truth of ourselves so that we can unlearn faulty beliefs, because I thought it was normal to deny my wants and my needs. And instead I focused all the energy on what other people needed, being there for them. Right? It's not by accident, I'm a helper. <laughs> so somewhere deep within my subconscious mind, I presume one day happiness would just show up. Ah, doesn't work that way, because <laughs> now I know better. But now I know that until we make that which is unconscious conscious, it will dictate our lives and we will call it fate. And we could thank Carl Jung for that. <laughs> So I want to open this up here for a few minutes, but I want to kind of wrap up some of my, my thoughts this morning as we kick ourselves in gear to really be walking in full power and full throttle and all that God has for us and all that he has for our unique journey and our path so that we follow our North Star and we follow our mission so that we fulfill our purpose. Because I know, I wish I knew infatuation was not love. <laughs> when I look at my young self and I know some of you know what I'm talking about. I wish I knew infatuation was not love. And I wish I knew that seeking approval and denying red flags in any relationship were the hallmarks of toxic relationship dynamics. And I had to own that. So I'll call you, I'll call you today to own that, whether it's in your business relationships, your romantic relationships, your friendship relationships. We can no longer deny red flags. Today, I understand mature love has nothing to do with controlling how others see me. My aim is to be myself, whether that is enough for others or not. I am no longer interested in relationships that prevent me from being myself. And the choir says, amen. <laughs> so I want to open it up in the last few minutes. And I want to hear some of your thoughts and how any questions or any thoughts about anything I said about how you've broken free of your faulty beliefs. And now you're walking in a different path or still maybe healing from some, from some of those faulty beliefs. So just go ahead and flash your mic and. Let me uh, scroll here. I'm always uh, challenged with seeing a multiple, uh, doing multiple things. So I see um, Dr. Dooney. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Jamie Lacey. That was powerful. And it's just resonated with me um, from what I see, what I've experienced myself, what I see in my clients and my patients as well. And one thing that really stuck out was how you can play multiple roles in a relationship and I think sometimes it's as a result of the say upbringing or perhaps past experiences as well that people tend to think oh I'll do this so that I can cope and when they see it's not working in that situation they pivot and they become like chameleons and when we become chameleons we lose our identity so thank you so much for sharing that and I just wanted to ask one question for that person who is unsure of who they are and probably confused by their um, multiple uh, metamorphosis 
Is there a particular daily practice you could suggest that they could put in place that would help them ground in who they really are? This is Dr. Jung and I'm done speaking for now. Thank you so much for your, your comments. And I actually love that chameleon comment because I knew when I look back, I once believed that no matter what area I showed up in, you know, because I'm, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm like, I can go back to the hood, I can be this. Or, and I realized that that was a faulty belief, right? That goes exactly what my point was. And I'm glad that you eloquently pulled that out, is that sometimes we believe that whatever environment we show up, we have to conform to that environment. Uh-uh. <laughs> We show up as our true authentic self wherever we go. But there's a couple of things. If someone's in a place of confusion and they're trying to learn who they are, there are things that not everyone has to go to therapy. Obviously, I'm a licensed psychotherapist and I know what has helped me. But the daily practices, I'm a big believer in journaling, right? And because you're capturing your thoughts. And if you don't, some people are like, well, I don't know what to write in my journal. There are journal prompts. There are a lot of things that can help you discover who you are. You know, I know for me, I have a Pinterest board that has, I have a journaling uh, board where I collect journal prompts. So that's something that someone could do each and every day. I'm a big believer in meditation. And the reason why I'm a big believer in meditation is not about clearing your thoughts, which is a mis uh, misconceived notion about meditation. It's about observing your thoughts. Right. So if you slow down, then you're able to respond to life and not react. So meditation could be a common practice. I use insight timer. There's headspace. There's calm. You can even use YouTube videos. So you can do some research, especially if it's not a tool that you've used. So meditation, journaling. I would also say when I look at a holistic standpoint, yoga, some Pilates, just getting into your body, understanding how you feel, because those are very basic things that you can start as a healing practice each and every day on your own. You don't have to go to therapy. You don't have to go to coaching. And then the other part of that is reading books. Uh, reading books, you know, in my community. So anyone, my, my link tree um, is, it's, yeah, it's still up there. So I have a community called Women Redeemed. It's a monthly membership. It's only $35. It's a healing community. And in that we'll do um, monthly, we do monthly uh, workshops and webinars and we do a book of the month. So one of the books that we read last month is um, Adult Children of Immature Parents, right? So if we had parents that were immature and we were raised in that, how did that affect us? So we can read books and we can learn about things that have affected us. There's podcasts, there's so much free information out there to be a, a, a good place to start. But I do believe in, in the power of community. And I'm also a big believer in the power of community, sometimes even more so than individual therapy. Because when we heal together, we're in a place of like-minded people, like at Breakfast with Champions, it just makes us feel not alone and it reduces shame. Because many times people feel like they have to go in the corner and they have to heal by themselves. We are broken in relationships, we heal in relationships, especially the right relationships. But I know I can go on and on and on about this topic. <laughs> so if anyone has uh, any uh, questions or any resources, you can feel free to DM me and I welcome you to join our monthly community where we love to have you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.